Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Why don't you uh, open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to warn you about something that uh, this is not going to be necessarily one of those shouting messages that you all come to hear. Actually, what it's going to do is it's going to correct us. Amen? Amen? I like correction when it's from God. Because, see, when He corrects me, He does it in love. He doesn't do it to shame me. He doesn't do it to to make me feel bad about myself and what I've done. Because, see, I already know that. Amen. But He does it in love to build me back up, to bring me up to my place of prominence. Amen. You know, you and I are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, aren't we? Amen. And the very power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that He used to raise you and I from the the pit of hell that we were in. Amen. So anytime that the Word wants to correct me, I'll stand for that correction. Amen. Hallelujah. And in the days that we're living in right now, church, uh, we've got to really, really be attentive to what God is saying, what God is doing. Amen. Keeping our eyes focused on Him. That, that, That seems to be a big theme for us as believers to stay focused, to keep our eyes forward. Amen. Amen. You know, Jesus himself said, don't look to the left Mm -hmm. or to the right, but look straight ahead. See, that's that's where your salvation is, is straight ahead. It's not on a side street somewhere. It's not going down this alley and seeing what's down there because alleys are dark. Alleys are dangerous. Alleys are always going to take you to a place where you wish you had never went. Amen. But if you keep yourself straight ahead, that's where the light is. And that's where you're going to be going. And that's where God is. Amen. So we're going to look at some things tonight. And uh, they might be a little bit tough, but you know, we've all fell prey to these things at one time or another. So... Don't, uh, don't feel so, you know, down and out about it. But God has selected you and I for a purpose. Hallelujah. And that purpose is to increase the kingdom. Amen. To see people saved and set free. Amen. Amen. If you've ever led anybody to the Lord, that is the greatest... If you. Feeling is not a good word, but it's the only word I can think of right now. But it's the greatest feeling that there ever is. When you know that you've snatched someone from Satan himself out of the grips of death, amen, and brought them into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I still remember the day that I got born again. And it felt like... 3,000 million bazillion tons of weight came off of me. I've never experienced anything like it. 
Amen. And so it's really important for us to stay focused on the purpose that God has for us and not get sidetracked in some stuff. Amen. Don't be looking at the world. Don't be looking at what it has. Don't be seeing what uh, you can get away with and still be a believer. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, See, I'm speaking from experience from this. You understand what I'm saying? You can't can't just, you know, play around. And I'm, I'm already into my message, so, you know, grab onto it as quick as you can. Amen, because we may be going in a thousand different directions yet tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah. But we can't just dabble around in Christianity anymore. We got away with that for a while. But in the last five or six years, some things have just been changing. And they've been changing fast. And furious. Amen. You know, one thing that uh, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 3 about Satan is that he was the most subtle creature that the Lord God created. Now, subtlety is something that works well whenever you're applying it well, because what you're doing is you're trying to make a change in people without them realizing that you're making a change in them. Amen? And that's what Satan wants to do. He's not going to just take you and just slap you around like crazy. Amen? But he's going to do it with subtlety. Amen? But the thing that has happened in the last five, six years or whatever, you know, maybe even further back than that, probably has been, maybe a couple of decades or so, is that Satan has quit using subtlety. And he's blatant about what he wants to do now. He's flaunting it in front of believers, snubbing his nose at them, and basically saying, I can do whatever I want. I am the God of this world, you know. And you can't do nothing about it. Well, that's what he thinks. But that's not what we know. We have authority over him. Amen. Amen. We have authority over him, over demons. We have authority in this earth. God himself gave us dominion. Says so in Genesis chapter 1. We were made in his likeness and we have dominion over every evil. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm leading up some stuff here, so... Just kind of flow with me on this if you can. Amen? It's important for us to know who we are in these days. And quit trying to be churchy. Quit trying to impress people with what you think you know. Be real to people. Amen? Do you know that you can get someone born again quicker by just being real than trying to quote 10... Bible verses to them as to why if you believe in God, you're not going to hell. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why a personal testimony is so powerful. It does something to a person. They relate to that. 
They see themselves in what you used to be. But then again, now they see you differently than what you used to be. And they're thinking, well, if he can do that, or if she can do that, why can't I do that? Well, the answer is simple. You can. Absolutely you can. Amen? When I, when I, before I got born again, I was actually what you might call a good sinner, if there could be such a thing. I wasn't horrible. Amen? I didn't necessarily steal. Well, I stole stuff. Amen? <laughs> At times. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. I don't want to dig myself into a pit here. But the thing of it was, I didn't murder anybody. There. Now we'll make it a little more precise here. I didn't kill anybody. Amen. I didn't commit adultery on my wife. Amen. She would have killed me. She found out. Hallelujah. So I saved my skin that way too. But I was still a sinner. And I needed a Savior. I needed someone to take me from the place where I was at, even though I thought it was a good place, and to bring me into the best place. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, maybe we ought to get started on this, what do you think? Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to look at this. In verse, we're going to start with verse 14. I'm going to title this in just a few minutes, so bear with me. It says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? Well, it has none. And what communion has light with darkness? There isn't any. And what accord has Christ with Belial. There is none. They are as different as different can be. They are polar opposites of each other. Amen? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Don't ever forget that. Amen? You, You are His property now. You're not your own. Hallelujah. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, or because of what I just said, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. So here we're seeing something here that is very important that God wants us to bring into our lives. A separation. A cutting away from former things. Amen. And attaching yourself to something that's better. Actually, something that is the best. Hallelujah. He said, come out from among them and be separated. Separated for what? Separated to who? 
but to him. Amen. Separate yourself from the world and bring yourself into fellowship with God. Amen. It's really quite simple. It's not truly profound. It's just something that if you have any brains at all, amen, then you realize that God has offered me a much better deal than what I had. Amen. I, I, my, whole, my whole life, you know, I'm not going to get into a testimony or anything like that. But, but to think, my life was a shambles. It was anchored in most of the time what other people thought of me. Amen. I, I, I thrived on if they liked me. And I hated them if they didn't like me. I was screwed up. Amen? I, I, I looked to what my friends could do for me. Hallelujah. I'll never forget my, when I had my 21st birthday party. You know, you're legal now. You can drink, you can do this, you can do that. Anything you want. Hallelujah. So I was having a big party for my friends who did not show up. Not nary a one of them. Amen. I know, you can feel bad for me now. I was depressed, hurt, angry, didn't know what to do myself. So I went to the local bar. Sat there at the bar. I knew the bartender. It was a lady that I'd known for years. Sat there and talked to her. Cried a little. Drank a lot. Amen. Then I got real smart. And I got in my car. Hallelujah. And took off down the road. And there was a voice speaking into my ear. Won't you just go ahead and kill yourself? Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. They didn't show up. They had other plans, even though they knew about this party for weeks. Amen. And it just kept saying that as I was going down the road. And I had just enough alcohol in me to push my foot on that accelerator and take that little Camaro down the road. Glory to God. I don't know how fast I was going, but it was fast enough. On back roads in Perry County, you don't drive fast. But I did. Taking curves and Lord only knows what. And I knew at the end of this road, the road came to a T. And there was an embankment right in front of me. Amen? And so I was just going. I don't know how much. And I kept going and I kept going. I kept going faster and faster, getting toward that T in the road. And God is my witness. I don't know what happened, but I slammed on the brakes with everything that I had. 
And I thought to myself, boy, you're pathetic. You can't even kill yourself. But I thought about that. God's mercy. Right there. If I would have died right there, I would have been eternally lost. But I didn't have enough alcohol in me to make me go ahead and do it all the way. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Separating yourself from what the world is wanting to do. They're wanting to kill you. It's wanting to kill you. It's wanting to take you out. It's wanting to make you miserable as you die. Amen? And then you wonder, well, how can so many believers still want to dabble? Want to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, that's what we're going to get into tonight. I still haven't titled this for you yet, but that's all right. We'll get to it later. Let's go and look at this in 1 Kings 18. Amen. It's awful quiet here. Come on. It's, I'm here. I, I'm, I'm alive. Okay. I didn't kill myself. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm, I think I'm a lot more glad of it than you are. <laughs> My wife's happy. My kids, yeah, okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's a good God, isn't he? Elijah talking to the people on Mount Carmel. I, I really enjoy this scripture that he's, he's speaking to them about the condition that they're in. In verse 21, 1 Kings 18. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, follow Him. But the people answered, not, answered Him not a word. I want to read this to you out of the Message Bible. It's really good. It says, Elijah challenged the people. How long are you going to sit on the fence? Amen? If God is the real God, follow Him. If it is Baal, follow Him. But make up your minds. Make up your mind. Quit hee-hawing around. Amen? Nobody said a word and nobody made a move. He got them. They knew their condition. They knew they weren't serving God like they did. Oh, they, they, they did the things, the pretense. Amen. But they weren't actually following God, God's own people. I mean, all you have to do, read in the Old Testament, just read through it, of how many times Israel rebelled against God. Amen. I guess I should count that up. To find out, I'd probably be ashamed if I read, read it. But yet it says, but God said, if you'll turn back to me, then I'll bring you into my family, yeah. so to speak. Amen? Amen? Every time. 
as angry as he was at them, he always left a door open for them to come through. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. And it's no different for the church today. How many times we have messed up royally, and yet God has always left a door open for us to just come on back in. Amen. Hallelujah. We can come into the throne room of grace and ask for mercy. Mercy. Glory to God. Isn't that amazing? Hallelujah. Man, if you, you got to take advantage of mercy. Man, that's a good one. I mean, just jump on that thing, cover up with it. Speak it. Lord, you're merciful. His mercy endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. The title of my message tonight is Being a Double Agent. Amen. Being a Double Agent. Now, in the world of espionage, a double agent is someone who says they're working for one country when in reality they're working for another. Amen. They can't be trusted. And whenever God spoke that to me so many weeks ago, whenever it might have been, I don't even know anymore, about Christians being double agents. The definition of a double agent is, one of them is a pretender. A pretender. Amen? Someone who is pretending to to be something or to do something, but in reality they're, they're being and doing something entirely different. Amen. Hallelujah. And in the body of Christ, it's no different than out in the world. There are believers who play church. They go to church. They sit in their chairs, their pews, or whatever it is that they're sitting on. They'll do, they'll do ministry work. They'll clean. They'll do this and do that. Oh, hallelujah, brother. God bless you, sister. Amen. But then when they get away from this holy environment that we're in right now, they might be just a little bit different. Or they might be a lot different. Do you see that? See, I told you it'd be a little bit, a little bit heavy, but that's all right. We need to know these things. So a double agent is someone who wants to do church, but they don't want to do it necessarily God's way. Amen? They are okay with certain things, but then there's a place, there's a line in the sand that they won't cross. Amen? On the other side of that line is where God really is, and God is calling them to that, but yet they won't cross it. Amen? So we come down to what? Making a choice. Making a choice of what we're going to do. Amen? You know, Moses said that, didn't he? He said, those who are on the large side come over here. Amen? 
Joshua said the same thing. Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. And then he said a little bit later, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, there's a choice to make. God even said it in Deuteronomy chapter 30. He said, I set heaven and earth as record against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your children may live. Amen. See, he makes it really easy. Just choose life. Just choose me. You'll be all right. Amen. But we can't be going back and forth. You know, James says this. He says, a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. Don't let them think they'll receive anything from God. You can't. Amen. You're going to have to make a choice as to where you're going to stand. Hallelujah. And to make that choice in the days that we're living in right now is really, really hard. Because there is so much evil and depravity in the world that you shining your light in just a small degree is enough to set them off. Amen? I mean, they, they, want, they want to get you. They'll do anything they can to get you. Hallelujah. But we got to stand strong, don't we? I said we got to stand strong. We got to do it no matter what. Hallelujah. Amen. So when a person gets born again, of course, their whole spiritual being has been cleansed. Their spirit went from death to life. And the spirit that's in us wants to do everything God's way. Amen. It wants to do it God's way. Hallelujah. But there is a condition in every person that didn't get born again, and that's their flesh and their mind. Amen. Those are the two things. I don't know, but to me, I think those are the two hardest things that we have to deal with. Why didn't God give us our spirit to to renew and then him, him deal with our flesh? Well, you know why? Because if he dealt with it, you'd be dead. Amen. Hallelujah. That's that's why we do it. That's why it's up to us to do it. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's a process. It it takes some time. I'm still working on it. Amen. What's it say? Is it I think in Philippians, he who began a good work in us will continue to perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, if we live to see the coming of the Lord, that very day, he's probably going to expose something to you that he wants you to change. <laughs> Even though he knows that Jesus, Jesus is coming within the hour. Amen. So we're perfecting ourselves. We're maturing ourselves. We're getting ourselves into a place where God can use us. God can trust us. I should say it that way. God can trust us. Now, he'll still use you when he can't really trust you with a whole lot. Amen. But once he is able to trust you, man, oh, man, look what things can be done then. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's, it's a progression. Say it's a progression. What? It's a progression. 
You don't make it overnight. Amen. You work on it a little at a time, but you work on it a little at a time. Amen. Amen. Working on things you thought you had under control until the day it raises its head again and you thought, I thought I had that. And you don't. Amen. And I'm thinking, how did I fall for that? Again. Hallelujah. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go and look at that. I hope you're getting something out of this. Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Matthew 6.24 says that we cannot serve two masters. Amen. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and the world. It's just that simple. And if you've tried to do it, you find out that it's really hard to do. Because one way or another, you're going to mess up. And you're going to find yourself on the short end of the stick. Amen. So you're better off just not getting around it. But God is so good that he gives us stuff to help. He gives us people to help. And let's look at this. We're going to start with verse 11. Ephesians 4, 11 is really, really uh, familiar. And he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. That's why, that's why we're here tonight, to be equipped. Amen. Hallelujah. We didn't come here just because we didn't have anything else to do tonight. We didn't come here because we're such a bundle of energy that if I just sit at home, I go nuts. And so I got to get out. No. Amen. If you worked all day, you're tired. You don't want to necessarily go home, take a shower, eat as quick as you can, and get on the road again. Amen. But he gave us these people. Hallelujah. We should be thankful to his, for his gifts. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, so these people build us up. These ministry gifts build us up. Amen. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, that's why he's wanting to get us to, to a place where if people see us, they see Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Sure. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That we're not just, you know, kind of playing with it, kind of, well, I don't know, going to church for a little while. As a pastor, and I pastored for 16 years, you see a lot of that. Amen. Amen. You see people coming strong. Here, here's one. Here, here's a sure thing that people are going to come to church for a while is whenever they're having an issue. They might be sick. They might be broke or something. And they'll come, oh, they'll be strong. And then all of a sudden the pressure starts to back away from them a little bit. And they start to see a little bit of progress, just a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you just see them start to wane away. 
Amen. But all they're doing is setting themselves up for the next wave. That's all they're doing. They're setting themselves up. Amen. You got to stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Hallelujah. You can't fight against Satan in this arena, not this building, but outside those doors. Amen. Amen. Because it, it, there, there's so much, so much negative, so much ungodliness, so much, as you know, Dr. Barclay says, filth that is out there, just outside those doors right there. Amen. I mean, you might not even be out of the parking lot yet, and somebody will be driving down through here with their windows rolled down and ungodly music just bringing. And it doesn't stop at the parking lot entrance. It just filters ahead on through, right into your little old ears. Amen. Well, what am I supposed to do? Have my fingers in my ears all the time? No, but you keep yourself strong in the Lord. So that whenever that stuff comes against you, that means nothing to you. Amen? Means nothing. So we're coming to the knowledge of the fullness of Christ. Amen? Why do we need to do that? That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. That's why you need to stay strong in church. Amen? I couldn't imagine, I mean, I couldn't imagine what it would be like not to be in church. I couldn't imagine it. I've been doing this for 30 years. And I, my wife and I and our kids have been faithful this whole time. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what Jesus did. Amen? We're all here. My, 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 my wife, me, my kids, my grandchildren, we're all here in church. Amen? I'm a lot happier about that than you are. Hallelujah. Well, did we have to beat them to get them to come? We did not ever have to beat our kids to come to church. I remember whenever we were first starting to come, after I got born again, after I came to my senses, and we started going to that little church on the hill in Huntingburg. Amen. Forty-some miles, 35 miles away. We'd drive from Jasper home to Perry County, which was 44 miles one way. Come back again to Huntingburg. While we were coming to Huntingburg, I'd have the dome light on in the car and the kids would be doing their homework. Hallelujah. And if they complained about it, I don't know. I, do, I just don't remember. Because we were so excited about Jesus. We were so excited about what He was doing. We were so excited that our lives had purpose now. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I, I, I thank the Lord. I thank the Lord almost every day as I'm driving to work. Lord, I thank you that my whole family is saved. Amen. 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 Oh, glory to God. That's good. 
That's good stuff. That'll get you through anything. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let's look at this. No longer children being tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Praise God. So many people believe anything. I, it never ceases to amaze me how, I am going to say it, how stupid people are. That they have believed. Well, even Paul talked about this in Galatians. He said, are you bewitched that you started out in faith and now you're wanting to finish up in the flesh? He couldn't believe it. Amen. And I can't either. Starting out strong and then just throwing it all away because of some stupid idea somebody's got. Amen. Hallelujah. That they got from their own heads. Do you see that? Glory to God. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, in testifying to the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. See, he's telling us what not to do. Don't follow after them. They're not going to take you anywhere good. They're not going to take you to a place where there's bliss and peace that goes beyond all understanding. Jesus himself said, he said, the peace I give you is not like the world gives you peace. Well, how's the world give you peace? Oh, if you got plenty of money, you're fine. If you got a great job, you're fine. Nothing wrong with either one of them, but they don't give you peace. Amen. Because you can have all the money in the world, and if you've got stage four cancer, you may or may not pull through. But if you got God on your side, you will pull through. I say you will pull through. Amen. It says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to works of all uncleanness with greediness. Amen. It says in verse 20, oh, in verse 21, it says, let's go to verse 20. Let's just read this. All right, calm down, calm down. You're all right. Amen. But you have not learned, so learned Christ. Jesus didn't teach you any of that. You're smarter than that. Say, I'm smarter than that. (laughs) I'm smarter than that. I may not be the sharpest Knife in the drawer, but I'm smarter than that. Amen? If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct. Just throw it away. Amen? See, you throw away stuff every day, don't you? You got that little container in your kitchen, more than likely, with a lid on, I hope, so it doesn't stink too bad. Do you ever notice that as long as you keep the lid on it, there's no stink? As soon as you open the lid, it stinks. Amen. You know what that tells me? It's time to take it outside because there's too much stink coming into the house. Yeah. 
Amen. And no amount of Febreze is going to help it. Amen. Amen. Throw away your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Did you notice that? It says that it grows. The old man's not going to die. He's going to grow stronger if you don't put him under. Amen. You're going to have to put the old man under. Hallelujah. Praise God. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So you throw away one and put on another. Really simple. Amen. If you've been outside mowing, you guys especially, we sweat like crazy, you know. Ladies, you know that, don't you? Your husbands sweat a lot. Amen. And it's really gross. Okay? Hallelujah. So when they come into the house, what do you tell them? Take those clothes off. Amen. Mine are so bad that I have to hang them up just so they can dry before I throw them in the hamper. They're so bad. I just throw them up there. Then I take a shower and I put on new clothes. Clean clothes. Nice smelling clothes. Hallelujah. And when I put them on, I feel great. Praise God. Amen. That's the same thing. You're taking off the old, nasty, scrungy you who used to operate a certain way. You're getting rid of that, throwing that in the garbage. You're taking a shower. You're being washed with the Word of God. And then you put on the new man, which was created in righteousness and holiness. Boy, you feel better then. Amen. You feel real good now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that's good. I said that's good stuff. Amen. All right. Let's see what else we got here. I've got, I've got more than I'll get through tonight. So, amen. Now, the world is sort of okay with you being a Christian. Just as long as you... Don't say much. Just as long as all the Holy Ghost talk you do is inside the sanctuary. Amen. The world says it's okay for you to be a Christian, but it's also okay if you follow us. Hang around us a little bit. Amen. It's not going to cause you any problems. Amen. You can do both. Hallelujah. I remember some of the things that Pastor Mark talked about whenever he first got born again and how his old friends wanted him to come with them. And one time I think they even picked him up and drug him there or something. I can't remember exactly how it was. But that's what the world wants to do. It's okay for you to be a Christian, but you're not going to forget about us. Amen. See, we've still got a hold on you. That's what they think. Praise God. But listen to this. This is, this is what uh, Paul talked about. He warned us about this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34. He says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Amen. 
Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak this to their shame. Amen. So dabbling around after you get born again and not separating yourself completely from the world makes you a double agent. You're, you're in God's house, but yet you're leaving the house sort of like the prodigal son, and then you'll live like a pig. Hallelujah. So we got to not do that. Say, I'm not going to do that. That was really, really weak. I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> Amen. I could have got non-believers to sound that good. Hallelujah. Say, I'm not going to do that. Thank you. Amen. Whew, man. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. It shouldn't be this hard. Amen. You all ought to be pulling this out of me. There shouldn't be nothing left to me but a greasy spot on the carpet up here. You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 6 again tells us not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, but to be separate, which means to be sanctified. I don't mean sanctimonious. I don't mean going around with your nose up in the air. You don't talk to anybody who's not a believer. If they're not in your camp, I don't want nothing to do with them. Amen. And so you walk around with this aura of, ugh, I can't stand to be around that person. There are some believers I just don't like to be around. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not that they make me feel like um, inferior that I don't know as much as they know about the Bible. It's just the way they present themselves. Yeah. Amen. There's a little bit of that open garbage can still around them. Amen. We got we to close that lid. I said we got to close that lid. Amen. 1 Corinthians, let's, let's move on. You're, you're holding me back here, folks. Come on. If you're with me, if we were trucking together, we'd be a lot further down the road right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, let's look at this. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right. Hallelujah. Let's look at this and start with verse 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord, and the cup of demons. You can't do it. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than Him? No. Now look at this in verse 23. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful to me, but not all things edify. Do you see that? You know, out in the world, as a believer, you may see other believers doing some things that might be questionable to you. Amen? Now, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out, so if you all faint, okay. But I, I, I was friends with a pastor one time, and they said, 
him and his wife say, hey, let's go and watch a movie. I said, which movie is it? And he told me, and I thought, what? You want to see that? I said, no, we won't go see anything like that. Amen? Hallelujah. See, you've got to make a stand. To them, it was lawful. But it convicted me. I didn't want anything to do with it. Amen. I mean, there's some things. That, I mean, you just, just go to the grocery store, okay? Go through the checkout and see what your eyes have to look at if you'll let them gaze on it. You understand what I'm saying? It's lawful. They don't have to put a paper cover over it like they had to do magazines 30 years ago that had that kind of thing on it. It's just right out there. Your kids get to look at it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how am I going to keep them from looking at it? It's not the idea of keeping them from looking at it. It's the idea that if you do see it, you turn away immediately. Or do you just read, oh, wow. oh wait a minute, there's something there I didn't. And it's not even about that, it's something else. And you're reading it and your eyes are like this. It got really, really quiet on that. Amen. It's lawful, but is it going to profit you? Is it going to make you stronger in God? Is it going to make you a greater witness? What kind of a witness if people see you reading that garbage and you're thumbing through it at the checkout? <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what. I'm stirring a lot of chili today. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, it may be lawful, but it's not profitable to you or to me. Amen. Hallelujah. God's good, isn't he? James chapter 3. We're going to get through these. I don't have much more. Everybody say, praise the Lord. <laughs> no, you're not really supposed to say that. You ought to say, oh, come on. We want more. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love y'all. You're all good. Good people. Praise God. James chapter 3. Are you there? All right. Hallelujah. James 3. Oh, I'm in James 2. No wonder it didn't look right. James 3, starting with verse 8. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men. We have been made in the similitude of God, or in His likeness. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing my brethren. He's talking, about, he's talking to the church. These things ought not be so. Shouldn't be doing that. Now, this is a tough one. Believe me. With what's going on in the world right now, and somebody says, well, what do you think about this? <laughs> Just all over the place. I know. 
Amen? It's hard not to say something when you see it for what it is. But here James says we oughtn't be doing it. Amen? We're being a double agent whenever we do that. Well, boy, pastor, I might as well just stay at home and close the blinds because I could be able to do nothing now. Well, I understand. It's hard. But remember what I said earlier. It's a process. You're doing a little bit at a time. Amen? After a while, you're, you're learning how to curb what you want to say. Because you've got to remember this, and the Lord's told me this so many times whenever I said something about someone. I said, can you believe that? The Lord always told me this, and this has always stuck with me. He said, go ahead and take the plank that is in your own eye out so that you can see the speck that's in theirs. Amen. Amen. Now, see, you don't want to hear stuff like that. You want to hear God say, oh, boy, you're right. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. He, he, he's tell me that every time. Take the plank out. Remove the speck. Then you'll be able to see clearly to pull that speck out. Because right now, see, I'm seeing it with watery eyes. I'm seeing it with, with you know, uh, everything's all just messed up. Amen? But when you see clearly and you remember that even though you might have been like me and you were a good sinner, you were still a sinner. And God had mercy on you. He had mercy on me. Amen? And that's the thing that we ought to say well, instead of, yeah, boy, I tell you what, you know, just say... You know, I, I realize that and I'm praying for them because I'm asking God to be merciful to them. He's merciful to me. Amen. I should have been dead at 21. I should have been. I could have been. I would have been. But something or someone intervened. And I'm always believing that it, it was the hand of God. That saved me. Amen. And so, see, that's, we, we can do things. Yeah, you know, I, I realize, boy, you know, yeah, they, that person doesn't need to be holding an office. They shouldn't even be a dog catcher. But they're there. So what have I to do? Well, you go and you get to a place where you do the most good. You start praying for them. Amen? Oh, that'll take too long. <laughs> we got to get them now. No, 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 no. Amen? Everything that God does, and I've taught about this before, everything that God does is in the fullness of time. There's a timing of God for everything because it is not His desire to see any perish, but all come to repentance. That's His desire. Well, there's no repentance for that. Well, then if there isn't, there isn't. Okay, we understand that. Amen? But that doesn't mean that we just give up on them. What would happen if somebody gave up on you? Amen? I don't know who might have been praying for me. Well, I know my wife was and her mom, 
were praying for me, that heathen from hell. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? So you, 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 just, you just do that. And see, how, see what that does for you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Where do you like it so far? Yeah. Just mumbling around. Amen. Jesus said this in Luke 19, 13. He said, occupy till I come. Do business in the new King James. It says, amen. Hallelujah. I thought about this. We got to focus on God's business. And I thought about what Jesus told his mother and, and his earthly father when he was lost and they came back to the temple. Remember that? After three days, I think, or however long it was. And they kind of scolded him for it. And basically he said, why are you so upset? He said, didn't you know I need to be about my father's business at 12? Amen. See, we, we need to be about the Father. If we're doing the Father's business, we haven't got time for anything else. Amen. We just don't. Because busying ourselves with what God has for us will consume everything that's in us. It will drain away everything that's wrong in us and fill us up with His Holy Spirit. Amen. And whenever you get to that point, you're just so full of joy, you don't care about anything else. Hallelujah. The joy factor. That's something that's missing in the body of Christ. Everybody's so consumed about, woe is me and poor me and how am I going to make it? You got born again, you're not going to hell. How much more you need? Amen. Amen. See, we, see we, we get distracted. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we look at, let's look at one more scripture. Can we do that? Yes. Revelation chapter 3. You know this. But let's look at it. And then I'll let you go. You can lick your wounds all the way home. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, this is the type of preaching I yearn for. I like to get slapped upside the head. I do. Hallelujah. Because if it slapped me upside the head, that meant I wasn't doing it. And he said, hey. Amen. Wake up. Amen. I'm not going to wear my feelings on my sleeve. Amen. If I need a good busting of chops, that's what I'm going to get. Praise God. Amen. All right. Revelation chapter 3. Is everybody there? Yep. All right. Well, we're going to go to verse 14. And it says, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then... Because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Lukewarm is a mixture. Amen. 
God doesn't need a mixture in the body of Christ. He needs us to be this or this. So he knows where we're at. So that other people can know where we're at. Amen? But mixing ourselves up and blending ourselves together with the world is not going to do it. And God says, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. But there is good news. The Holy Spirit is inside of you and I right now. And He's guiding us. Sometimes we don't even realize it. But He's, he's causing things to take place in our lives, orchestrating things. Showing us things, revealing things to us. He is the great revelator. Amen. And so for you and I, yeah, so we messed up. Okay. I understand. Been there, done that, and I'll do it again. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. But that's not going to stop me. That's not going to send me back into the world. Amen. I've seen believers that that's happened to. They mess up one time. They, they think to themselves because Satan has lied to them. God can't use me anymore. What's the use? And I've talked to them. It doesn't matter what you say to them. They've already got the mindset now. That's, it's over. It breaks your heart. Somebody who God has used in so many good things. <clears throat> and they just go right back out. Just like they always were. And it's never good, church. It'll never be good. Amen? So God doesn't need a double agent. He needs strong believers. He needs people he can count on. He needs people that he is sure of, people he can trust. Amen? That's all he's asking for. He's not asking for something that's impossible because, see, everything that he asks us to do, he'll also equip us with to do. And so no matter what it looks like, God's got you in this. And he'll make sure you finish it. Amen? Hallelujah. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.